Let's be real. When you can't control where you live, when your spouse is home, or what the future holds, you can start to feel powerless. The Voluntold lifestyle is a beast all on its own, but we're going to rock it together. Let's find our voice and power by focusing on the things that we can control, starting with ourselves. Voluntold is all about relationships, parenting, health, and career life, and being our best selves today. Welcome everybody to Voluntold. I'm your host, Carice, and today we have a guest who is a military spouse of 19 years, a mother and businesswoman. After marrying her high school sweetheart, she entered the Voluntold life when her husband joined the Army. While moving away um, to different duty stations and parenting and sometimes solo parenting, her daughter, she also accomplished earning her master's degree in business and certification as a yoga instructor. Her passion for wellness has led her as a co-founder and program director of Independent, a resource for military spouses. Please welcome Kimberly Bascho. Thank you so much for having me, Carice. This is going to be really fun to chat with you today. Yes. So we're going to talk all things parenting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So go ahead and tell us how old is your daughter? Yeah, so she's 15. So it's a whole new phase of tricky parenting. Yeah. So um, what do you find right now? What's one of the biggest trials that you're finding just parenting an older child? And are you still solo parenting sometimes? Not too much with the solo parenting. Luckily, my husband gets to be around quite a bit. He has had he has, of course, deployed and he's had jobs when he's been away, you know, TDY, away for business mm-hmm. quite a bit. But right now he's home. And so that's really nice. It's great to when you have a teenage daughter, have the support <laughs> of daddy. Sure, yeah. <laughs> have her daddy close by. But there, there are a few challenges. Some of those are challenges with her, of course. And I'm most surprised by some challenges that have come up for me. But the challenges for her come around the friendships and the academics and sports gaps from moving. And I think some children respond better, and spouses for that matter. Some people just transition more easily than others. And Mm -hmm. for her, her friendships mean so much to her that when those are uprooted or she's not able to develop close friendships right away at a new location, then it throws school off. It throws how we get along at home off and it can be really challenging. Yeah. So what have you found that's starting to work for you or what did you find maybe that didn't work for you that you can save us all from attempting? (laughs) (laughs) Save you from the perils. Well, you know, one thing that we've done wrong and I'm not quite sure how to fix it is that when something's going wrong and we want to punish her, we take away her phone Mm -hmm. because that's the biggest thing. You know, she's going to school all day. She's swimming or in the early mornings and the afternoons, really her phone is, is all she has, but because her friendships are so important to her and she loves to keep in touch with friends from old duty stations you know, we take that away and we take away her friendships and Mm -hmm. that creates a lot of anger, understandably. So we, as parents need to figure out a better way to, 
you know, keep some guidelines at home, but without taking that away. So yeah. I don't know if you have any suggestions for that. I know you've got a uh, teen at home too. <laughs> yeah, no, it absolutely makes sense. We're in the same boat where, you know, every kid wants to be glued to a screen, but Mm -hmm. it's that balance of like, okay, I know you're talking to so-and-so back who lives now, who knows where. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying and it makes a lot of sense. I think we don't necessarily, um, put that into perspective immediately. I I don't know for me, I'm immediately thinking like, okay, what homework do you have to do? Okay. You got to get ready for sports. You got to get ready for class and all that. So, um, I definitely hear what you're saying. Yeah. So that's something that we're working out. But I think the awareness around that really helps. We just had her do the Clifton Strength Finder quiz, and all of her strengths were socially related. <laughs> so as a parent, I think that's really important to understand You know what drives your child, what's really important to your child, what is your child good at? and try to make parenting decisions around that. So now that I'm really recognizing that with her, you know, I, I want to make a change in keeping her in line, you know, maybe not grounding her from her phone and uh, trying to maybe assist. You know, when, once they're teenagers, you can't say to another mom, hey, let's get together and we'll have a play date. <laughs> but, you know, right now we're just trying to say, hey, if you want to invite somebody over, you want to go out, invite somebody to a concert, something, we're more than happy to help facilitate that and just be available to her. But, you know, yeah. we got here this summer and she has people to sit with at lunch, but she doesn't have people that she's super close with and that's hurting right now. Yeah. So. Hurts, hurts me too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How often do you guys move on average? So we move every two years on average. Okay. And um, sometimes it's one year, sometimes it's three years, but it's it's about yeah. every two. Yeah. And we're hoping to find a little bit of stabilization sure. uh, for her because we are also finding another challenge is academic gaps. Mm-hmm. So you know, you learn one thing in one school, you move and things are different. And for example, this year when she started with math, it was just a whole huge struggle last quarter. And she was getting extra help from teachers and just a real nightmare at home. But this quarter, they covered it last year. And so (laughs) everything's easier. (laughs) Things are happier. The homework isn't as hard. Yeah. So it's just rough when you have to try to fill in those gaps and she's already upset. She's, she's saying, I'm never going to get to be swim team captain because I'm not going to be at a school for four years. And, mm. you know, it's just, things are hard when they're this age. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They start to see their, um, I guess just the struggles that happen or the challenges that happen. Do you notice that? Do you notice that maybe the way she responded after moving when she was younger is different now? It's absolutely different because I think when you're young and especially when you're in elementary school and you're in the same class all the time, all day with the same kids, it's easier to make friends Mm -hmm. and your life isn't as tied up in your friends. You know, there's that, that point that comes with your children when they're 
friends start becoming more important than their family. Mm -hmm. And it's important because they need to learn how to separate from you and how to start living their own lives. And it's a process that everybody goes through. But when those friends are so important, it's really, really hard when you have to say goodbye. And it's harder to make friends because you know, say these kids who've lived here in Iowa their whole <laughs> lives, they're they're pretty tight. And yeah. so they're super friendly and welcoming, but that doesn't mean they're letting people into their super close inner circles right away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that being really hard to try to get into one of the cliques or, you know, feel established somewhere that's really new. Yeah. So we're we're navigating all those things and just trying to understand, you know, teenagers always say, you don't understand me. <laughs> so we're trying to understand the best we can and at least know what's the cause of, you know, her being upset or some anger issues that come up and trying to preempt those or be more supportive. So, and, and the unexpected thing for me, the challenge that came up for me with having an older child is that I don't have a built-in social circle anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and this isn't something that I ever anticipated. I work from home Mm -hmm. and so I'm not seeing other adults on a repeated basis. And now that she's big, she goes out and she does things on her own. I'm not going to play groups, of course, and I'm not going to play dates and sitting with the other parent and chatting for a little bit while the kids get settled, uh, all that disappears. Right. And women my age tend, you know, most families have multiple children. We just have one. And so people are so busy with their children's activities on evenings, weekends, that their social availability is much different than it used to be. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's been a challenge for me because I'm an introvert and I sit here in my home office and all of a sudden I realize, hey, you know, I haven't really connected with anybody. So I've been making an effort to make dates with people <laughs> to uh, mm-hmm. try to create my own social circle without my daughter, which which has been a challenge. Yeah. But I read a book. Uh It's called Frentimacy by Shasta Nelson. And she says that the three requirements to get close with people, and maybe I should share this with my daughter, um, their positivity, consistency, and vulnerability. So the consistency piece, if you're not seeing people on a repeated basis, then you're not going to get very close to them. So Mm. I'm trying to work on that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, but it is very hard sometimes to discipline yourself to like, know, like, okay, I need to take a break from work or I need to, you know, get out and go spend some time with somebody else. Yeah. Especially when there are deadlines and you have goals and you're trying to get things done. And like I was saying, if people are so busy with their families outside of school, school hours, then I need to make adjustments in my work schedule to, you know, maybe go see a matinee movie with somebody and work a little later that evening or something to try to make up that time. Yeah. 
How do you know, like, um, I know our community has a huge uh, dilemma in self-care and all that. And I feel like that kind mm-hmm. of goes in that category of just um, knowing when you need a break, knowing when you need some quality time with a good friend or just to go out and do an activity that you enjoy. How do you know, like for yourself, how do you gauge when you're like, yeah, it's about time. Maybe let me let me take a break and let me shout out to somebody. Yeah, it's just a feeling of loneliness that creeps up because like I said, I can spend a long time in my office before that comes up for me since I'm not driven by social needs. You know, my cup gets filled up by having quiet time, (laughs) but I start to feel like, Hey, you know, I don't have a tribe here and that's probably my fault. <laughs> so, uh, and, and one of the things, one of the aspects of self-care that I think is really underrated is a personal connection with people. Mm-hmm. And that's disappearing a little bit. And it's interesting to think about for our teenagers too, because uh, my husband said that teenagers aren't getting in as much trouble these days because they're at home on their phones and they are not out in the world having the opportunity to get in trouble. <laughs> and yeah, you know, it's, it, it's true. Uh-huh. And that can be true for us too. If we are connecting on the computer with people or on the phone with people, Marco Polo or texting or interacting in Facebook groups or whatever it is, we are not getting that personal social connection. It's getting lost and we're suffering for it because we start to feel like we don't have that intimacy piece. Right. You know, when you, when you are looking at those three things, the positivity, consistency, and vulnerability, the vulnerability piece really goes missing mm-hmm. when you're engaging online. Yes. So yeah. we really need to focus on these in-person friendships, even though even though it can be hard. We need to go old school a little bit here. <laughs> yeah. So for yourself, because I, I love hearing your point of view as an introvert to just say, you know, this is when I realize that I need this and how I'm feeling. Um, when it comes to that piece, so you just moved to a new place and you're trying mm-hmm. to reach out and make new friends. Do you find it challenging to be intimate or to be vulnerable with somebody new? Or are you okay just kind of opening up and saying, hey, this is me? Yeah, you know, I'm pretty open. I'm probably an oversharer <laughs> when it comes to what's going on in my life. But the, the portion of vulnerability I think that's hard to me is to put myself out there and say, hey, I want to be friends with you because there's that fear of rejection. Because mm-hmm. what if what if I like that person more than they like me? Or what if they're not open to having new friendships? Yes. Um, and an important piece that I learned from this book as well is that you can't go in expecting new people to relate to you on a best frame basis. Mm -hmm. You have to earn that. You have to earn that through the consistency of getting together by sharing positive interactions for the most part at first, you know, Mm -hmm. until you develop that friend base. And so one of the things that I really appreciated about a friend that I met just as I was leaving Germany 
you know, a, a lot of times people sh- shut themselves off. It's like, okay, I'm moving. I'm not making new friends right now. Yeah. But I was open to that friendship. I met this amazing woman. She invited me to the park, which I thought was <laughs> the best. I said, do you know how long it's been since somebody's invited me to the park? Because she had young children and she was going to be sitting there on a bench while they played. And <laughs> I thought it was great to just have that experience again that I used to have when my daughter was small. Yeah. But one thing that made it so easy to be friends with her is she told me straight up what it was that she liked about me. And so that made me feel so comfortable. It made me feel like I wanted to be around her and that she was open to friendship. Yeah. Uh, But that's hard too, you know, to come out and say, Hey, you know, I really appreciate and like this about you when you're brand new friends, but that that's a tip I'm going to keep with me because it just, it made me feel so good. And if I can offer that gift to other people, it's just going to change everything. I think. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, I I read a book a while ago. It was um, Everybody Always from Bob Goff. And he talks about that rather than telling people um, what they're good at, you know, instead of saying like, oh, you're so great at, you know, organizing the house or something um, to tell people who they are. So for her to just open up and say, you know, you're such a great person or I enjoy time with you, it really establishes a deeper connection and, and that acceptance. I feel like at the deepest level of all of us, we all want to feel like accepted, but mm-hmm. some of us are harder to come out of the shells or to feel that way. And so I think that's beautiful. And the fact that you were open and willing to have a new friendship come your way, only having like a month left in Germany, you know, before you got to PCS again, that's a beautiful thing that I think some people can get jaded, you know, like, oh, I'm done. Let me close this out now and move on till we get to the next place and then I'll start over. But I think that's so great that you constantly have that like openness towards meeting new people and having new relationships. Yeah, I I see it all the time. And I recognize the tendency in myself uh, to be forward thinking. It's like, I'm closing this chapter. It's time to research where we're moving. It's time to think about what I want to be doing when we get there. And to be open to something new is, is hard. And it can be hard too when you've said goodbye to so many friends to even be open in the first place. Mm -hmm. So you know, we have to, as military spouses, figure out how we can continue to be open and invite these new friendships into our lives and maintain those friendships as we PCS uh, without saying, hey, you know, I'm done. It hurts too much. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you find yourself um, just having like an eclectic um collaborative group of friends um and like some are parents some aren't some have little kids some have older kids do you have like different um demographics I guess yeah that's something that I'm looking for because as the mom of an only child and without having all these other children at home Mm -hmm. um and like I said the the other parents who, you know, if you have three or four teenagers at home, you are running around like a crazy person. (laughs) So I do look for people who might not have any children yet, or they've decided not to have any children at all, or people who have younger children who are happy to go sit at the park together, or, 
just yeah, I'm I'm open to being friends with people who share similar interests and like to go do the same things, uh, regardless of you know what the what the family looks like. Yeah, I love that. It sounds like that would be like um, kind of your overall thing. You're you're open to these new relationships. You're open to different types of people. Obviously, I mean, I think that's something we have to do for survival mode whenever we're PCSing somewhere absolutely brand new. Even though you might still be in the States, it's a different culture everywhere you go. And so yeah. I think that might also be a part of your like your parenting piece that maybe you're not even aware that you're displaying it for your daughter too, of just, hey, you know what? We're going to make the best of this and we're going to open ourselves up and see what happens. And I think it's a great example for, for her to learn from you and see how that's working for you. Yeah, she got to see this. We She tutors for another family that has a young daughter. She helps with teaching German. And so I was picking her up one day and the other mom said, hey, you know, do you and your husband want to get together for dinner sometime? And of course, I thought that sounded like a wonderful idea. I love trying new restaurants. They're a new family in town too. And as we after we got in the car, my daughter said, mom, it sounded like she was asking you out on a date. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, she was, it's yeah. a fun date and a couple date. Yes. And that's, that's what we do, especially when we're new in town. And she said, Oh, yeah. so it was really nice for her that she got to see that in action. And so maybe it can be in the back of her head that it's okay to say, Hey, do you want to get together and you know, do whatever? Right. You know, go to the mall this weekend. Absolutely. Uh, she has yet to do it here, but at least the seed is planted. But, you know, another thing, I mean, this this book, I keep talking about it. But it was, <laughs> it's really changed my way of thinking by going back to that you can't expect everybody to be your best friend right away thing mm-hmm. is figuring out who likes to do what, who wants to go see a movie, who wants to go out to dinner, who wants to go to yoga and asking those people to do those things to get the repeated connection. And then maybe someday your yoga friend becomes your go out to tea friend, becomes Mm -hmm. your, hey, I need to ask for help friend. You know, you can start deepening those things, but you have to have a place to start. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that takes the pressure off too. You know, we, if we have that expectation of like, oh, I really like this person, let's be besties, you know, it's a lot of pressure to put on somebody. And so it might come off and, and not develop the way that it could if it were more natural. So I think that takes the edge off of, yeah, just go out, have a good time, see how you guys feel, and then eventually build something a little bit deeper. Yeah. No expectations. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of it goes back to the, the dating thing again. And, you know, if you go on your first date and you start talking about marriage and kids, this will be a turn off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to do that with our girlfriends too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure. It's <laughs> a lot of pressure. Nobody wants that. <laughs> have you, um, do you find yourself kind of venturing out and doing new things that you've never done before because of that? Well, I think it's more with the restaurants. So if somebody else is picking the restaurant, you go out and try something new. But we've we've had pretty adventurous lives. Our family likes to go out and do a lot of things and try new things. So it's unusual that somebody can 
offer up something that we've never <laughs> done before. Oh, I like so, that. So that could be a good challenge, you know, find that friend who's super adventurous that can invite me to do new things. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. So I want to talk about kind of your whole journey because I'm I'm personally very impressed that you <laughs> have parented and like I said, solo parented while your husband's away um, and also achieved such um, success in your professional life and being a yoga teacher too. So can you kind of just share us a, be- a little bit of that story? Yeah, so I... Uh, was a CPA, a certified public accountant. I got my master's in business administration and I had the opportunity to do all that before we got married. So I already had the experience of working 80 hours a week and uh, going after the career thing. I had an office on the 32nd floor of a building in downtown Denver. And, uh, you know, I, I did all that before we got married. So when we went to our first duty station in Germany, I applied for work and actually got a job right away, which I know is extremely difficult for a lot of people, when, especially when they go overseas to be able to find meaningful employment. Mm-hmm. And we started looking at the requirements of the job and realized that my husband was going to get long weekends every single month for training holidays, and I would not get those. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that together as a brand new married couple. and decided that that's not what we wanted the next three years to look like. Mm -hmm. We wanted to travel and take advantage of those four-day weekends and use all of his leave and be able to, to go see Europe. And we did. You know, I declined that job and eventually started working at the craft store. I was also a quilter. (laughs) And so it was fun for me to go work at the craft store. But I was able to choose when I was working, which was super important to us. And as a result, as a couple, we have visited over more than 50 countries. Our daughter has been with us to a lot of those. Um, And we've just really prioritized travel as a family. And as a result, we, since we did this so early, we never depended on my income. So anything that I've been able to make has just been extra so that we've been free to have all of these adventures, which has been so amazing. I mean, our daughter speaks German. She's gone to German schools and the opportunity that the army has given us to spend nine years in Germany over the course of of these 19 years has just been incredible. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm not sitting back doing nothing during that time. I still like to make a contribution to the community and to learn new things myself. So, you know, I started at the craft store and that was a great opportunity to learn teaching skills because I taught quilting classes. I taught scrapbooking classes. And then I also worked for the military child education coalition using that teaching background to lead workshops for parents. And then, you know, I've always, I started practicing yoga as a way to cope with stress when I was working the the long hours Mm -hmm. (laughs) as a a young professional. And I went ahead and did become a certified yoga teacher and began using teaching in that capacity. So just a huge passion for wellness, helping myself be well, because I can be a little type A uh, and we have this military lifestyle. 
I do admit to being highly anxious and stressed out a lot of the time. (laughs) So as I'm working on my own wellness and working on how I can feel great in my body, both by eating well and being active and managing stress, I just want to share that. So when I learn something, I want to share it. So not long after becoming a yoga teacher, I sat down with a group of friends who had been coming to my yoga classes. Um, so some of these people were people I knew, and then they brought some other people into the circle. And we had this conversation about how the military was having a problem with the service members wanting to stay in because the spouses weren't happy. The spouses mm-hmm. were having trouble uh finding meaningful employment. They were encouraging their service members to get out. And so there was this retention problem that the military had. And there was this whole thing on Facebook and you know how it goes. There's a little bit of, you know, well, you know, a lot of people who are disgruntled about the whole situation. And so I opened my big mouth or, you know, figuratively because it's on (laughs) Facebook. (laughs) And I said, well, if we're so smart, why don't we do something about it? Mm-hmm. And so there was a group of, of people who had been taking my yoga class that shared an office together and they started thinking about things and they said, hey, let's talk after yoga tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we came together. We all have a passion for wellness. We recognized that there was a need in the community for something just for military spouses. You know, there are programs out there for wellness for the service member and for children, and maybe the spouse gets bundled and all that, Mm -hmm. but there was not something just for us. So we sat down, we brainstormed, and our nonprofit called Independent was born because it's a nonprofit on a mission to make wellness accessible for military spouses. And By accessible, we mean, you know, we're not going to shove one way of thinking down your throat. We're going to encourage you to explore lots of options and what's going to work for you and help you get there, you know, be that accountability, be that inspiration to help you prioritize yourself because a lot of military spouses just... They, they prioritize their community and their family and everything else. And they're on the back burner and it hurts the family. You know, if we're not taking care of ourselves, we're not showing up as our best self. So independence here to do that. And uh, so that's something that I've been really excited about working hard on. And then I also edit for Legacy Magazine, which is a publication for the service member community. So I've been able to do a lot of things as uh, I piece together a career. It's been really fun. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I love your involvement and your heart automatically obviously shows that you just care so much just to do something on the side or, or to pursue um, being a yoga instructor on top of having your business and um, uh, your business degree and, and then pursuing this. I completely echo what you're saying, though. There is definitely um, a gap, I think, when it comes to just um, having resources directly for military spouses. And I, I do think that organizations like you and other people are starting to bridge that gap. And it's great because I, I have personally seen that there's a lot of 
not just mom guilt, but just like wife guilt, just like female mm-hmm. guilt happening in the community of like, no, everything needs to be for my kids or my husband or, you know, and they're, they're putting themselves last and not realizing that it's just kind of wearing them down. And so to have a resource like you that can just kind of, um, you know, nudge out and be like, Hey, try this and <laughs> get out there and go do something fun for yourself. I love, love, love that. Yeah, just to have the social prompt because I I put out on Instagram stories the other day a a poll or you know a question mm-hmm. who has scheduled purposeful time to decompress today. Yes. And the answer was 100% nobody. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, sometimes these pockets of time happen accidentally, but we would really like to see more people saying, I'm going to spend 10 minutes doing a meditation, or I'm going to go for a five minute walk, or I'm going to schedule the one hour yoga class, whatever the pocket of time it is to start prioritizing yourself. And I know it's hard. I know the guilt is out there because if I'm going to yoga, that means I'm not doing something else. You know, it means I'm not having family time or I'm not checking as many things off my to-do list. But if I don't do it, then my stress level edges up and up and up. And then I'm not showing up as my best self either at work or in my family either. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What, do you often get that? Um, do you hear that from the community of just people who are like, yes, but... All the time, (laughs) all the time. And if you do not put it on your calendar, then everything else is going to creep in and all of a sudden you haven't done it. So it's got to be something we really encourage on Sundays to sit down, look at your calendar for the week and put yourself on your own calendar. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's it's really hard for some people to just say to I guess it's investing in yourself. You know, you invest in mm-hmm. your family, you invest in your kids, you invest maybe you're trying to pursue a career and that kind of thing, but really just investing in you and letting yourself um reprocess, you know, re- I, I like how you're saying that decompress or yeah. maybe even just create like a list of goals and not feeling guilty or like you're neglecting someone else or something else because of that. So yeah, you know, and, and a, a lot of it comes to the strengths and the personality too, right? Because some people are just so naturally caring and giving, and this is how they show up in the world. And if somebody who's listening is one of those people, you can look at the bigger picture and realize that you are probably, not everybody, but you're probably the decision maker in your family when it comes to what you're eating. So if you are, you know, not doing fast food a lot, or maybe not making the healthiest choices, that affects your service member when they go take their PT test. I don't know if other <laughs> branches call it PT test. In the army, it's a PT test where they uh-huh. have to go and pass all their physical stuff. Uh-huh. And, uh, or they're not making weight, especially as we're getting older, it's harder to keep the weight off for everybody. Sure. Yeah. And You know, so those choices affect the service member, which in turn affects people are talking about it, national security, with there are fewer and fewer young people who are able to meet the weight standards and the physical standards of the military because of our uh, 
overweight and obesity problem. And so, you know, that's something as the decision maker in the homes that we can start to make a big difference, even for our country. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, And it's, it's a concern and, you know, no judgment because I know as, as you're, we're all running around trying to get to all the activities and get everybody to where they need to be just mm-hmm. the logistics of being a parent. <laughs> yeah. you, do, you know, you stop through the drive through on the way to practice so that you can feed your family. Sure. And so we're just trying to throw out some easy things that people can do as an alternative to try to uh, beef up the health in the home and, you know, it's, it starts with you. It starts with the spouse and then it projects onto your family. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think that's a very good point that you make and that some people uh, need to hear it that way. Cause I've heard a lot of people that just say, you know, I'm going to do this for them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, they need that and they need that. And so I'm going to provide that for them, but they don't realize it's kind of like overflowing that cup. If you fill up your cup, you'll have more to go around for the rest of your family members, for the rest of your loved ones and that kind of thing. But they think they can just fill up someone else's cup, but their cup's empty. And so I love that you put it that way. So it's just, it's more direct, you know, like you got to take care of you and you've got to be established and, and and have your energy and have your, your time, um, before you can just give it all out to somebody else. Absolutely. It it comes down to your why. Mm -hmm. So you think about, you know, all the reasons why you want to show up and take care of your family and take care of the other people. But, you know, if you're not healthy yourself, are you going to still be able to continue showing up in that way? Mm -hmm. So for me, this shows up as, you know, I did have some weight start to pile on. I'm over 40 now. And so, you know, if I'm not really paying attention, it starts to creep up there. And we went on vacation, you know, I I mentioned how we love to travel. Mm -hmm. We went to the Cinque Terre in Italy last summer on our way PCSing here to Iowa. And it was hot. There was a heat wave. So it was even hotter than usual in Italy. And I just felt disgusting. You know, I felt lightheaded. I felt like, you know, to climb the 200 stairs from sea level up to where we were staying. And it was just hard and I was winded. And I thought, you know, if, if I don't get back to my healthy weight for me, then I'm not going to be able to still have these wonderful adventures with my family on into the future. I'm going to be wanting to sit it out because I'm not feeling well and it's just too hard. So, you know, I made a a big change when we got here to our new duty station and was able to get that extra weight off. I'm feeling so much better, but you know, if, if, I'm trying to prioritize everybody else, you know, whether it's my job Mm -hmm. or the work I do in the community or my family, then, you know, I'm, I'm going to not be able to show up anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard to come to terms with. So if, if I can focus my why on them, you know, it's not just for me, it's not me being selfish, taking an hour out of the evening to go to yoga class or to take the extra time to prepare a healthy meal. Mm -hmm. It's me still investing in my family so that 20 years from now, I can still be traveling the world with my daughter. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a win-win. And my husband too. My husband too. I hope he'll come. <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm thinking of her as the young person, uh, you know, dragging along mom and dad on her vacations and <laughs> don't want to slow her down. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. And you know, if you're having parenting struggles at home, it's definitely affecting your wellness. I can speak to that. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yes. And when I said like some people, I'm one of those people who thought like, oh yeah, I'll just give everything for my kids. I'll make sure my kids are healthy and make sure that they know, you know, how to live a good life, but not really realizing I needed to take care of myself first. (laughs) So yeah, I was one of those people and I've learned and I think it's something a lot of people need to actually hear that it's okay to do. It's okay. They have permission. You have permission. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes you just need somebody to tell you that like, it's okay for you to take that time for yourself. And I think, I think that all brings us back to just the parenting, whether it's a younger child or an older one, you know, I, I feel like there's, um, different levels when it comes to parenting. Like when they're really young, it's more physical, right? You have to Mm -hmm. be there for them physically. They need, they depend on you. And then as they get older, now you have a teenager. It's like, it's not so much physical, but it's more emotional and mental. And it's the same thing. Like you having that 10 minute meditation allows you to clear your mind and then be there for her when she has something that she wants to talk to you about. And so all of this just kind of opens up our ourselves and like deepens our relationships so that we can be present with others. Absolutely. Because if I'm not in a good headspace, if I'm so frazzled and stressed out mm-hmm. or I'm upset about something or whatever it is, then I'm not going to be able to show up for her. And Teenage girls, boys probably too, but since I have a girl, I can speak to that. Uh, they need their their moms and they may not <laughs> say that, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're pushing away and they're not saying, mom, I need you, but they need mom to show up to listen, as you were saying, and also to model good, healthy behaviors, whether that's in dealing with stress or eating or in making friends and having an in-person social connection with people. Uh, They, they are watching. We might not think they are. We might think (laughs) that they just think we're the most ridiculous people in the world. Mom, you're so embarrassing, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, they're watching and, Uh and they see. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. With everything that you're involved in, I mean, I, I can only imagine what your answer is going to be, but um, what do you want your legacy to be that you leave behind? I love that question because, of course, I do edit for Legacy Magazine. Oh, so this right. is something that this is something because of the, of the name and the work that we do there, we uh, have interviews with people in every volume that we put out. And that's one of the questions that we ask is, what do you want your legacy to be? And so for me, I want it to be a legacy of wellness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for my daughter and for other people in the community, other military spouses, I want them to see how important it is to invest in your personal wellness. And and wellness has a lot of different aspects. So, you know, of course it's it's the exercise and the eating well, but it's also those connections with other people. It's doing things that 
help you grow. And so that might be professionally, it might be hobbies that you do on the side, but always being always looking for ways to push the envelope a little bit, to expand the boundaries and to not get stagnant. That's part of being well. Mm -hmm. And so I want everybody to see that, that I'm working on that in my life. And I hope that in the teaching that I do and in the communities that I build, that other people will see that example and learn the things that I'm putting out there and in turn be able to increase their own wellness. That's if, if I'm done with this life and I have done that, then I think I've done a good job. <laughs> I love that. Yes. I think that's such a great thing. And you're, you're absolutely actively pursuing it. So you're right on the right track. And I think so many people need that more than they um, realize or are willing to recognize maybe. Um, and you're, I love what you're doing. Where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram. So it's at Kimberly and I'll spell my last name. It's B-A-C-S-O. That's my personal Instagram, but you can also find everything that we're doing at independent at in-dependent.org. And from the website, then you can find all our social accounts. But we do have a, a virtual wellness summit the first week in March every year. So if you're a military spouse and you want to invest in your wellness, uh, that week, you know, there's no travel, no childcare, no missed work. You can listen to the podcast interviews or engage in our community when you have the time, wherever you are in the world. So we would love to invite everybody to that. We do have free general admission tickets. So this is a great introduction to independent if you're new to us and if you're looking to grow your wellness and be part of a community. We would love to have everyone. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do this. I think it's going to be so helpful for other wives to listen to. And I really enjoyed our conversation. So thank you for being here and doing this with me. Thank you so much, Chris. I enjoyed it too. And I hope everybody can get a little tidbit that they can put into their own personal lives to help them grow. Hey friends, thanks for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe to make our podcast more accessible and share it with your other voluntold friends. If you'd like to connect, you can find me at Facebook and Instagram at carice.nolani. That's C-A-R-E-S-S-E dot N-O-E-L-A-N-I. Until next time, let's rock this voluntold life. <laughs>